Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. listening to the pastor scott show podcast have any questions or comments email pastor scott now at pastor scott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m and now here's pastor scott hi everybody pastor scott show good to be with you as we are each and every day from three to five have you ever wanted to give up or maybe you already gave up and you're wondering how do i get back into the ring you know, have you ever felt like you'll never achieve what you think it is God wants you to achieve? You know, there's, it's hard out there. Lots of people give up, and we hear from a lot of people today who have wanted to give up. I've wanted to give up at different times, and you have to push through, but you can't. And you know what? We don't have to. There's already some great ways that we know that we can stay walking with the Lord and get back into whatever it is he's called us to do. I have a guest with us who's going to help us with that. His name is Hector Colon. He's the president and CEO of Lutheran Social Services of Wisconsin at Upper Michigan. Hector is also a the USA Boxing Board Vice President, a seven-time national boxing champion, and his first book is called My Journey from Boxing. Boxing Ring to Boardroom, Five Essential Virtues for Life and Leadership. And uh, Hector, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Thank you very much, Pastor Scott. I'm uh, very happy to be here with you. It's great to have you on. I'm so interested in the the virtues that you, you teach on regularly, courage, humility, temperance, magnanimity, and perseverance. And uh, we'll get to that in a minute, but let's learn about you. I was reading an article in Christianity Today that talked about your life, where you talked about your life, and started as a kid, got into a fight, and came home with a bloody nose, had to explain all of it to your dad. How'd that go? Yeah, uh, there was a kid, I was nine years old, uh, who didn't want people with the color of my skin uh, in his neighborhood, and he hit me in the face, called me a spick, the N-word, and told me to get out of the neighborhood. Came home with a bloody nose. My father told me that he wanted to take me to the boxing gym so that I could learn how to defend myself. And I remember going to the gym. I was intimidated of all these big guys. I really didn't want to be there. Uh, but my father introduced me to Israel Acosta, who they call Shorty, who's a giant in my life. He's a giant in this community. He put me in front of the mirror and started showing me some boxing combinations. And he told my father, your son is a natural. He's going to become a champion. Mm. Now, I think people might think, oh, so you went there to learn how to fight and go beat up on bullies. But boxing teaches other things. I think if you don't understand the sport, maybe you don't realize that there is sport and technique and character building that is a big part of it. And you got a lot from that, didn't you? Oh, absolutely. And and, and the coaches in, in boxing, I mean, you don't become a bully when you learn how to box. Mm. There's a lot of humility uh, from individuals that end up boxing. They they know they're really good. They know they can hurt somebody uh, really bad. So you're not trying to do that. You're just trying to be the best in the world in your weight class and, and do it in the ring. Now, you ended up having a uh, career in boxing. This gave you some confidence, obviously. Uh, did you ever confront that bully again? You know, I, ha- I have to admit, I did beat him up a couple times. Uh <laughs> 
couldn't let him get away with it. Yeah. Uh, but he stopped, he stopped messing with me after that second time. He stopped messing. You know, it's one of those hard things. Sometimes a bully just needs to get uh, punched in the nose. And uh, did he become your friend afterward? We became friends and played baseball together. You know, one of the things that I, I share in my book is that I haven't seen this person since I was 15 years old. And uh, but if I saw him, uh, I would tell him I love him mm. and I would thank him because if it wasn't for that specific episode in my life, who knows where my life would have taken me? You know, could I have been addicted to drugs and uh, like my sister or in jail uh, like some of my friends uh, in their neighborhood or dead? Yeah. Um, you know, so that event that took me to the boxing gym just changed my life. So. I'm so thankful uh, for that experience. The uh, You eventually became a professional boxer. Tell us a little bit about your boxing career and where that took you. Yeah, so I ended up becoming a seven-time national champion and competed all over the world with the United States national boxing team. And in 1992, I was favored to go to the Olympics in Barcelona, Spain. I was so excited. I was thinking about getting that gold medal and signing that multi-million dollar contract. Uh, and I was 19 and I wasn't focused. Uh, mind, body, and spirit, I was distracted by my surroundings. I was looking ahead already and and I get into the ring and I lost. Hmm. And I was absolutely devastated. I was the- no longer going to go to Barcelona, Spain, win that gold medal. And then I wasn't hearing from those promoters about that multi-million dollar contract. And I was hurting and I was searching. And on December 27, 1992, I went to a church uh, called Holy Hill. I bought my first Bible. And on that day, I gave my life to Christ. I did continue to box. And six months later, the guy that robbed me of my Olympic dreams, we fight again. This time it was uh, national uh, television. Uh, This time I knocked him out in the first round for the U.S. championship. After that, the promoters did come back and wanted to talk. But I did put it through a year of prayer and discernment, and it just ended up feeling a strong calling away from the sport. Yeah. Uh, you're listening to the Pastor Scott Show. My guest is Hector Cologne. He is the author of a book called My Journey from Boxing Ring to Boardroom, Five Essential Virtues for Life and Leadership in 2020. And, you know, your story, you you grew up, I think you said you might have been baptized Catholic, but uh, weren't really growing in your faith or following the Lord. And then you get a Bible at this church, you give your life to Christ, and then you realize that God's calling you to do something else other than uh, participate in the sport the way you did. Yeah, so I, I just felt a higher calling to to be of service to others. The way my mother, I saw her of service to others, even though we grew up really poor. And the way I saw my coach, Israel Acosta, who was uh, there for me every step of the way. He took me into his own home where he loved me, fed me, and made sure I would be a champion both in and out of the ring. So I felt a call uh, to serve others, which has really led me uh, to be the president and CEO of one of the largest nonprofit organizations uh, in the Midwest right now. And what's the name of that? Uh, uh, is it is it the Lutheran Family Services or Lutheran? Go ahead. Yeah, Lutheran Social, Social Services, Services Wisconsin, yeah. Upper Michigan. Yeah. And, you know, I think when I hear your story, you had some people step into your life, starting maybe with your, your dad, who steered you in the right direction. 
a lot of people listening right now, they have people who have a similar experience. They've dealt with, you know, a bully or they've dealt with racism. They've dealt with neighborhood stuff and they have people send them in the wrong direction. And how does a person know that the advice that they're getting or the person they're listening to is the right person? Yeah, you got to try to surround yourself with a lot of good people and uh, just make sure that um, you're getting good advice. Uh, they're credible people. Uh, it makes sense. And sometimes you got to pray and, and discern uh, if you're making the right choice. Um, you know, I when I gave up boxing, I was offered um, money to turn pro. Mm. And, you know, I thought about it. Uh, first of all, the money that they offered me, uh, you know, $25,000. I was a seven-time national champion. My coach said at a minimum we wanted half a million. But you can get uh, approached by these promoters that really want to try to take advantage of you. Uh, so you have to surround yourself with good people. Uh, try to uh, learn along the process and use use your judgment to make the right decision. You, in your career path that you chose, you're the president and CEO of Lutheran Social Services, as we said, in uh, Wisconsin, Wisconsin and Upper Michigan. What is the primary thing that helps people make the right choice uh, in life, whatever their calling is going to be, what would you say? Yeah, so we really try to empower individuals uh, to, to um, help them make the best decisions. So we don't um, make decisions for them. Uh, we don't claim to have all the answers, uh, but we really, with, with, with compassion, with love, and with care, uh, treat these individuals who really have incredible odds stacked up against them. You know, severe persistent mental illness, addiction, refugee services, uh, elderly uh, with significant uh, challenges. So we really are there to do the best we can to help them reach their full potential. You, you're you talking about some people who have given up or who are in a place where it's very hard to be motivated to do some, some to do anything, but you're able to help them. And one of the ways you do that is you came up with uh, five five virtues, courage, humility, temperance, magnanimity, and perseverance. How did you come up with those? Yes, I, I, you know, I started thinking about writing a book because I was encouraged by a lot of people who heard my story. And I started really contemplating on what I learned in the boxing ring and how that has helped me in the boardroom Mm. or get to the boardroom. And the first one is courage. Uh, Courage is about facing your fears and uh, fighting to do the right thing. And if you don't face your fear, when you're a boxer, you get into that ring with fear. In fact, sometimes that fear is just terrible, that feeling. But it is that dedication, that determination, and that discipline that gives you the confidence to enter into that ring. And there's nothing like having those hands raised in triumph Hmm. because you know you work so hard to achieve your goal. So that virtue of courage that I learned in boxing is the same courage that helped me propelled to the boardroom, taking on several positions that that were very challenging, but but I worked really hard uh, to do really well in those positions and exceed expectations. It's the a second. Great, go, go I was going to say the courage is a great first step because a lot of people, the reason that they don't achieve what they think they 
their dream or an idea, whether it's start a business or even start a relationship or go back to school, is fear. You know, fear of what if I fail, fear of what if this is too hard, or fear of I don't know how to do this. And you have to have the courage to get started. It's not as hard as you think. That's right. That's That's a really good point, which really dovetails really well. Uh, to the next virtue, which is humility. And humility is not thinking less of yourself, but more of others. Again, I learned this in the sport of boxing where I saw my coach, you know, he would work so hard to train me to make sure I would be a champion. He was there late at night when I'd come home from baseball practice. He's there at seven o'clock at night waiting to train me. He took me into his own home where he loved me, fed me, and made sure I would be a champion both in and out of the ring. So I learned how his his life of service to me and to other boxers helped create that champion in each and every one of us. And so because of that, I gravitate towards servant leadership, where I try to put my team first. Mm-hmm. I recognize them. I appreciate them. I try to pay them, commensurate to the value that they provide them. I'm, I want to know how their family is doing, how they are doing personally as well as professionally. Because that is what is going to bring out the champion in them. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show. My guest is Hector Cologne, and he is the author of a book called My Journey from Boxing Ring to Boardroom, Five Essential Virtues for Life and Leadership. We are talking about those essential virtues. He's also the president and CEO of Lutheran Social Services in Wisconsin and Upper Michigan. The third one is, is temperance. So we have courage, humility, and now temperance. One of the harder virtues, this is about self-control and restraint. And, uh, you know, I often talk about that. You learn this in the sport of boxing. You know, when you're before that talk, before that fight, there's a lot of smash talking. Hmm. And you can't let that get to your head. you got to stay composed and calm and tell yourself you're going to take care of that in the ring. Or uh, when you're in the ring, uh, let's say you get uh, hit. And you have a strategy going into the ring. Now, you can't get mad and start retaliating with a barrage of punches. You have to stay composed and calm and, and think about how you're, what you're strategically going to do next. Or when you're, when, if you get hit with a low blow and the referee doesn't see it, you can't retaliate with a low blow because now the referee might see it and you could get disqualified. That's right. So that applies into life as well. You know, we are going to be challenged. We are going to be hit with low blows. And and it's how we react to those situations that could really negatively impact our lives if we act to react to it negatively. Um, so I always tell people, do not react to a situation that could ruin your life, your soul, and your career. That is great advice. You, lots of people, uh, you know, we, we do react and that makes things work. We escalate, you know, if it's violence, whether it's you know, physical violence or with our words. We do that with our spouses. We do it with employees or people that we work for, and it makes it worse. Uh, you have yeah. to keep your composure. I think temperance, it's a great virtue. When you, when you think about virtues, you know, what made you think of, of virtues to, to offer? How does your faith fit into these things? Yeah, so you see, virtues are really about um, different from values. Values are ideals. Virtues are are what you practice and who you are. And uh, you practice them through daily habits, rituals, and routines that make those virtues a part of who you are. And so when you look at the acronym of my virtues, it stands for CHAMP, 
Um, you know, the A is there covered by the T for those A-type personalities <laughs> of those assertive leaders yeah. uh, that need a little bit of temperance to make sure that they do their jobs well. Uh, the next one is magnanimity. Explain that to everybody. Yeah, this is the virtue. Again, I learned this in boxing. To live out that virtue of magnanimity, you need daily habits, rituals, and routines to bring out the very best in you. Alexander Havard, the author for Creative for Greatness, said that magnanimity is the virtue of personal excellence. So what do you need to do to live out this virtue? In boxing, I would wake up every morning below zero degrees. I'm out there running. I was um, uh, lifting weights in the afternoon, going back uh, to the gym in the evenings, going to sleep early, waking up early, viewing tapes of some of the greatest who have ever graced the ring, eating in a, uh, a solid diet. I was doing everything a boxer needed to do in order to become a champion. And so I talk about how this virtue of magnanimity is not one that a lot of people talk about, but it is necessary for us as leaders to follow in order to be bring out the greatness in ourselves, which in turn is going to be bring out the greatness in those uh, that surround us. I think that people might see might see that virtue as uh, an attitude in mind rather than an action of actually doing the work that you need to do. Right. And I think that's a big piece, too, is you've got to do the work. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, so you can do it, but you still have to do it. Yeah, absolutely. And again, it goes down to those daily habits, rituals, and routines, just like we're trying to, you know, this, this we're trying to become champions in life, right? And we need to be champions for Christ. Uh, you don't just become a champion for Christ by sitting on the couch. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to pray and go to daily service, and read the Bible, uh, and meditate. There are lots of ways to get closer to Christ. Uh, you just can't be passive, though. The The more you do through your daily habits, rituals, and routines, the better you're going to connect with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the better you're going to live out that spirit that, that he left us behind um, to bring others to him. And uh, your last one is perseverance. Yeah, this is about not giving up. And I learned this in the sport of boxing. I fought my first fight and I lost. Uh, and I wanted to give up right away. And my coach was like, come on, champ, you have natural abilities. This is your first time. We got to we got to keep going. And so then I fought my second fight and I lost again. And this time I really wanted to give up. There's nothing I felt that there's nothing good about that intense fear you feel before entering into that ring. Then you lose, and I started, uh, that's terrible. Then I start crying, and I'm humility. I said, look, man, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't think this is fun. And it was the way he talked to me. He said, come on, champ. Don't be a quitter, champ. You can become a champ. You have that ability. Come on, champ, let's do this. And uh, thanks to him, you know, that third time I won, and I became a seven-time national champion competing all over the world. You know, rep- and the honor and prestige of representing the United States of America, you know, fighting all with these different countries. It gave me a global perspective in life and it has shaped who I am as a person and as a leader. But if I would have given up, I wouldn't have had those wonderful experiences. 
I think once again, we're, one of the things that we hear is how important it is to have people around you who encourage you and encourage you in the right direction. And, you know, if you're feeling like you want to give up or you're feeling like you're in a situation where you just you just can't make it, surround yourself now with people who are going to encourage you. Is that good advice? Absolutely. Um, get mentors, get a coach, uh, get supporters. Um, you want to surround yourself with positivity. Hmm. We live in a negative world, man. Yeah. You yeah. look at this, whether it be social media, the regular media, there's lots of negativity. And so to the, to the, you know, if we could surround ourselves with more positive people, uh, we'll be happier. My guest is Hector Colon, and uh, Hector is available for speaking and uh, other things. You can get his book. His website is ChampInstitute.com, C-H-A-M-P, ChampInstitute.com. Hector, um, what else would you like people to know if they want to connect with you? Is that the best way? Yep, that's the best way. Uh, You know, consider uh, booking me as your keynote speaker, uh, destined to bring out the champion in you uh, through those virtues. And um, and I uh, look forward to staying in touch with you and seeing how you uh, are on your journeys uh, to bring out the champion in you and those that surround you. Hector Cologne, president and CEO of Lutheran Social Services of Wisconsin and Upper Michigan. He is also uh, you're still the on the USA Boxing Board uh, vice president, still doing that. That's right. Yes, I am. Seven-time national boxing champion and author of the book, My Journey from Boxing Ring to Boardroom, Five Essential Virtues for Life and Leadership. Hector, thank you for sharing all those things with us today and our audience. Thank you very much, Pastor Scott. God bless you and, and all of your audience, and I'm happy I was able to spend a few minutes with you. Thanks for being on the Pastor Scott Show. Once again, the website to reach Hector is ChampInstitute.com. All right, this is the Pastor Scott Show. We'll be back in just a moment. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at PastorScott at KKLA.com. Or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everybody. Pastor Scott Show, 888-528-2557. How about you? Do you ever feel like giving up? Or have you been in a situation where maybe you were close, but then you got encouraged or you got the courage to step up and do whatever it was you thought you needed to do, whatever it was, especially that you think God wants you to do? Uh, you know, because you're not going to be successful too long at something that God doesn't want you to do. You're going to run into a door, but uh, you will see another door open. That's where he wants you to step. And the thing is about God is that he doesn't usually shove you through the door. Sometimes that happens, but most of the time he opens the door and he says, all right, and you have to walk in. And as uh, we had our last guest here, Hector Colon, um, he had these virtues that I thought were really great. If you just tuned in, the virtues that he teaches on are courage, humility, temperance, magnanimity, and perseverance. And, you know... Maybe you have been encouraged or you have seen the value of encouragement or just got over your fear to do something. You have a story? Give us a call, 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. Or maybe we can just encourage you today. And, uh, you know, it can take you a, it can just take a little bit of encouragement just to get you over uh, the small fears. You know, I started a business when I was in seminary. And I remember reading that most people have an idea for a business or something like that, that they never do it. And the reason they never do it isn't because 
they don't have the passion or the know-how to run that business. It's that they have too much fear about the process of starting a business, meaning that they don't have the initiative. They don't have the the they're afraid for some reason to go actually start it. And I got to say, I put it off for a long time, but I was in seminary. I had given up a well-paying job in order to go to seminary, and I had massive credit card debt. I had to do something, and I started selling random stuff on eBay <clears throat> back when eBay was like really cool for selling garage sale stuff. I'd, I'd get up every Friday and Saturday morning and drive to garage sales and estate sales and I'd buy stuff and I'd resell it and I'd, I'd make some money. And uh, eventually I realized, you know what, this could be a business or I could actually start selling product. Eventually I began selling boat radios, which was funny because I'd never seen one. I'd never used one. I didn't have a boat. But I became a distributor, and that worked pretty well. So I had to start a business because eventually the government comes and calls you a business. And you really, on your taxes, want to call yourself a business before the government tells you you're a business. And I remember it just took me a long time. And then I went downtown, and I went to all the places I had to go to fill out the paperwork, get my seller's permit, and do these things. And it took, I don't know, an hour. I think back then it cost me $17. Now, I didn't incorporate which in California is a lot of money, by the way, still might be the better choice. Long term, it would have been better for me to do that. I never did that. I called the company the Ferocious Wholesaler, which I enjoyed very much. And um, I remember walking through the streets. I lived in San Diego, walking through downtown San Diego and just feeling amazed and thanking God for how simple that was. And I remember thinking, what what in the world was it that prevented me from just filling out that paperwork? It wasn't really all that intimidating. In fact, the strangest part about the whole process is this was back when Arnold Schwarzenegger was the the governor of of California. What's wrong with that? Well, it's it's just a long time ago, Arnold. But and I remember sitting in the waiting room at back then. I think it was the the Board of Equalization. I think is where I had to go. And I'm sitting there, and there's this framed picture of – it was right after he became governor. There was a framed picture of Arnold Schwarzenegger who was on the wall of this stuff. And I thought, "Eh, somebody working here must be a big fan of Arnold Schwarzenegger. There's no pictures of anybody else, just one, you know, 8 by 10 of Arnold Schwarzenegger on the wall. I thought that was funny, and it took me forever to realize that the reason it was on the wall is because he was the governor, and this was a state agency. It was the it was an odd moment. I'll always remember that. But it uh, I got that business going. I know a pastor who he was an intern actually at the church. He was he served really as pastor. Sometimes you're intern, sometimes you're pastor. Some of us know something about that. Uh, by the way, this is Pastor Scott Show. If you want to join the conversation, eight 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 five two eight two five five seven. Is there something that got you past the fear that you had to following whatever it was you think God is calling you to do? something that really helped you get motivated, something that helped you take those steps that for whatever reason you didn't have the courage to do, or you know something that really helped you persevere when things got difficult, because sometimes things do. You can join the conversation, 888-528-2557. This pastor was at a church where it, the church was struggling in a whole lot of ways for a long time. And he was there. He just wanted to do ministry. I don't even know if he was paid that much. He had a side job. Really, it was his main job. His side job was ministry, but that's what he wanted to go into. And I was thinking about this during our our interview with Hector Colon and talking about boxing is they didn't have any kids and they didn't really have any outreach to families or anything at this church. And he decided, you know what, we're still going to minister to people in this neighborhood. 
and he ripped out the kids' department and he put in a boxing gym. No joke. Full-on professional boxing gym in the kids' department of this church, and it reached so many people, young people in particular, you know, not like, you know, third graders hitting each other in the head, but it was, you know, teenagers, people who were uh, in a position where they might struggle, in a position where they might, in this particular neighborhood uh, and community, just get into a lot of trouble if they didn't have some place to go, some place to go and work out. And he started this ministry, and it was a great boxing ministry. And he had a lot of pressure and a lot of questioning, like, why would you do this? And I've never seen that anywhere else. I imagine churches have done similar things, but he did this, and I thought it was brilliant. And he just said, I think this is what God wants me to do. And that church started to reach people in that neighborhood like they hadn't for a long time, simply because they put in this boxing ring. You know, you never know what it is that God is going to put on your heart. And as strange as that might have seemed, God used it. God used it in a great way. And I think there ta- it takes something for us to be in prayer, to be in the Word of God, and to trust God to step out and do something that he's calling us to do. Now, in that case, it was ministry. You know, in my case, I was going into ministry, but I needed to do something to survive because just get paid to make a living. And, you know, to start a business selling stuff I don't even know about in a new technology at the time, internet stuff, you know, that was, uh, there was eventually some risk, but it definitely pays off. And I think that if we can encourage each other to focus on what God wants you to do and and to realize that if you just have the courage, but also the humility to realize that to succeed, you got to make other people above yourself. Otherwise, they're not going to want to work with you, right? They're not going to want to uh, support you in what you're doing. And all of those virtues that we learned about in the last segment, those things really can really help. I'd like to hear your story, 888-528-2557. Jersom, uh, is it Jersom? Uh, yeah. In L.A. Hi, Jerson. Yeah. Welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Thank you, Pastor Scott, for taking my call. No, I just wanted to share two insights that I spoke with two brothers that helped me realize why I wasn't becoming the person that I wanted to become in Christ. And one of them was talking to my professor. Um, and professor sat me down and said, girl, somebody looked disappointed and said, you know, at my age, I'm 20-something. Billy Graham was filling stadiums full of people and preaching, and I'm not there, and I feel like I'm falling behind. Hmm. And he says, well, in these dreams, who's getting the glory? Yeah. Is the spotlight on you on the pulpit? Is God getting the glory? And that was a big humbling to me because I realized, you know, that's right. I want to be the big guy for the Lord. But that kind of gave me permission to be comfortable in my own skin because what he said next really helped me. He said, you know, the uh, the Lord doesn't need more Billy Grahams. It, need it needs more Gershons in the world. And that's why he made you. So that kind of helped me forge my own path different from someone I looked up to and just humbled me enough to get me focused on what what is it that God wanted me to do. And uh, I had a, another conversation, and I'll keep it short, but uh, this uh, gardener named Louie that I worked with, we both worked at a university in La Mirada, it's Christian University, and he said, young man, you go, why, why haven't you reached your dreams? Uh, and, I, and he told me, he was a boxer too, and I'm thankful for the speech you had before, but one of the things, he looked at me and he said, you know, young man, one of the reasons that it's not happening for you is because you're not hungry enough. And that was a humbling insight, too, because he says, when I wanted to be a champ, you know, just like the, the brother you had earlier, he's saying, I, I wasn't getting up early. I wasn't putting in the work. I was just, you know, still giving myself time to goof off on the weekends. And so 
I wasn't hungry enough. It sounds like, young man, if you really want to be this man of God, you, you kind of got to be hungry for it. And I was like, you know what? That's right. I'm not making the right sacrifice. So those are two humbling things about becoming magnanimous and then just humbling yourself with, with good men around you. Like the brother was saying earlier, that helped me really realize why I wasn't becoming the man of God I wanted to. That made me want to quit. But because these uh, two brothers that were older and wiser saw my blind spots and pointed them out, and, and I grew from that. And yeah, so you know, Gersom, it's so, it's so important that we have people in our lives who tell us the truth, Amen. isn't it? Yes, sir. And, and not just Definitely. what we want to hear, because that first guy, he could have said, you can be Billy Graham. <laughs> yeah. You know, God, you know, we need another Billy. Instead, the world needs more Gersoms. And God's, you know, imagine all the Gersoms in the world that they're not filling stadiums, but imagine if you put all the Gersoms together, how many more people are coming to Christ? Amen. We need those hometown right. heroes. You're not going to make, you're not going to make the news and they're, you know, but, Amen, and this right. isn't to to, you know, knock Billy Graham at all. He was called to that specific thing. But it's for God's glory and not ours. I think, Gerson, when you go to heaven one day, you're going to see amazing things that God did through you that you don't even know. I hope so. And maybe maybe you'll lead someone to Christ. Thank you, Gerson, for calling. Maybe you'll lead someone to Christ who becomes the next Billy Graham. You know, how do you know that somebody that that you share your story with isn't get going to be used by God in a similar way. You have no idea what God's plan is. You have no idea what hangs in the balance, actually, when it comes to the kingdom of God, of us having the courage and the humility to do what God's calling us to do and give him the glory. You know, what hangs in the balance of that is tremendous. We may not even know what it is. 888-528-2557. Richard in LA, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Yes, hello, Pastor Scott. I Brief question yeah. relates to uh, to the Christianity and boxing. Yeah. Since it was brought up, kind of made me think. And basically, my question is: is that so? There's a two two part, but it's, it's part of it is that, for example, two challenges I have about boxing. Even though it's a good, it can it's let's see, athletic competition is good and learning self-defense skills. So if someone attacks you and you have the ability, then God allows us and uh, if we have to do that. Mm-hmm. But the challenge, maybe you can kind of clarify what your thoughts are, even though I, I understand there's different perspectives, is um, a sport, whether boxing or swimming, it's kind of like, let's say, if a woman were to wear a bikini and is walking around, God wouldn't be pleased with that. God says to be modest, but in boxing, you have the shirt off and, and swimming, you're wearing a Speedo. So that's the immodesty that I have a question about. And then the other one is punching, whether it's punching in boxing or MMA kicks, grabs, trying to throw them to the ground. Mm-hmm. Is it very loving in the purpose of not someone attacking on the street and you're trying to get away with their life. You're getting the ring and say, I'm going to punch your face down. So that's kind of the challenge I have about the the modesty so you, and the. Uh, you want to know uh, your, where do we your neighbor? Where do we think uh, the Bible stands on that kind of uh, sport? Um, yeah, like it's not self defense. It, when does it like cross the line into something the else? Yeah, let me. I got to go to a break, so I'll go to the break and I'll answer your question as soon as we get back. All right, Richard. Uh, thanks for calling Pastor Scott's show. The number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. I'll get to Richard's question as soon as the Pastor Scott Show Monday edition continues. Stay tuned. 
You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everybody. Pastor Scott Show. Earlier in the hour, we had Hector Colon on, who is a champion boxer, and he talked about the values that he now teaches uh, as a, a speaker. And if you want to know more about that, you can go to our podcast and get that. We also have a new Pastor Scott Show Twitter account. It's called Pastor Scott Show at Pastor Scott Show. Is it Twitter or X? I don't know. But Twitter, or the site formerly known as Twitter, I think you should call it Twitter X. I don't get the X part. Anyway. Uh, you can go there right now and, uh, we'll put that, we'll put, we've got a link up to this show and, uh, we will put his, uh, his ministry up if you want to follow that. Before the break, we had a Richard called and he had some questions about it. You know, when you have to talk about boxing and the sport of it, it, it can bring up some, some interesting ethical or moral questions, right? Uh, my wife, I can't get Christy to watch the Rocky movies. And I keep trying to tell her, I realize that, uh, you know, Rocky, uh, Rocky three is kind of corny, but it's fun. And Rocky four is even more corny, but still fun. Rocky five, you should skip Rocky Balboa, which is Rocky six is excellent. And, uh, the Creed, uh, first Creed movie I saw, I didn't see the other ones are pretty good, but Rocky one is a great movie. It was best picture. I keep telling Christy, you know, this is a romance. This movie actually is a love story. You know, you got to get into it. There was, I was playing yesterday was my birthday. And so I was choosing some of the music while we were in the car as a family. And I chose the Rocky music, partly to get my kids, uh, awake and excited about what we were doing. And uh, I started screaming during the appropriate part, and uh, Christy turned it off at that point. But you know, is you know the you know is it? And I realize it's a in modern times we start to realize that in sports like that there are injuries that maybe we didn't understand or know about in the past. The Bible doesn't say anything about whether or not contact sports are somehow wrong. In fact, we see sports as something that is. Um, seen in a positive light. Paul talks about it all the time, and Peter talking about sports. And so there are two parts of that question. You know, one of them is, you know, what does the Bible maybe have to say about that? And what does the Bible have to say about outfits that we wear in sports? For example, in swimming, you know, you're going to wear less uh, in swimming or in boxing. You just have the shorts on, probably your shorts. Is it, are you causing people to stumble or causing people to have temptation with that. That's how I kind of read these questions. Number one, I think that you have to have context. I think with things like this, one of the things that is critically important with sort of trying to figure out, well, what is the right way to live as a Christian? You got to have context. There's a difference between, say, a woman in a tight bathing suit who's on her school swim team and somebody who is looking for attention on her Instagram. Right. I mean, there's there is a difference between a boxer who is not wearing a shirt and it's got some shorts on or a male swimmer who's got a speedo on or something doing that. than somebody who is promoting uh, some kind of sexual website or something out somewhere. There's a difference. Right. Context. It always it always matters. Are you trying to be uh, make people fall by um, sexualizing something or is the person watching who might be sexualizing it the person who's in the wrong? You can see that in other things. Is the statue of David, where he's not wearing a thing, uh, is that art or is it pornography? 
right? There's a context to all of that. And even with that statue, every, most of the world would call it art. I don't know that you want to bring your, you know, your nine-year-old little boys who might giggle at it or something, right? There's a, maturity comes into play, I think, for believers also. Context and maturity. How do we handle those kinds of things? And where are we? Uh, and we've got to be careful about when we talk about maturity, all right, so pornography, for example, is sometimes called adult entertainment. Uh, there's nothing adult about it. It's really juvenile entertainment. You should grow out of that. You should, it's, it's not mature entertainment. Uh, it's not something you should do as a juvenile. I'm not saying that at all. But I'm saying it's, you know, you don't want to say once you're an adult, it's okay to, uh, you know, to uh, promote sexual, you know, uh, pornography and things like that. Uh, so, Richard, I guess to get to really to your question, there's always a matter of context. And I don't think that sports or you talked about uh, MMA and some other sports that are rougher. You know, I think you've got to deal with the context and what are we doing? You do have to ask the question, you know, how do we treat our bodies? What is the wise thing to do? You know, there is some discussion in boxing about whether the boxers should always wear the padded uh I forget what it's called, but the face guards and the head guards because we know about concussion. Or what about football? You know, football is uh, definitely a contact sport, and we are learning that there's a lot of internal injuries that are going on. Is this something that's okay? Some people want it to go away completely. Other people say, no, this is a choice that that people make. I've always thought it's interesting that maybe we should go back to the the, the old leather flappy helmets that they used to have in football. Because the the hard helmets that we have now, I think what's happened is we've turned those into a weapon. Instead of being something that is, you know, that is meant to just protect your head, people charge into people with the helmet. And, you know, you like the pop of it and all of that. But you didn't do that when you had the little flappy uh, helmets. You just tried to protect your head as much as you can. And there doesn't seem to be as many head injuries in rugby or other sports where there's contact there. It's an interesting question. But, you know, spiritually, I think that we shouldn't go too far down the road of trying to you know, decide every little thing that might be okay or not. You've got to ask what's the wise thing to do. You've got to have context. You've got to decide what does a mature believer, how does a mature believer handle the things that we interact with in this world? And here you have in a sport like boxing, and like I said, my wife doesn't want to ever look at it or watch it or watch the movies. I know some of you might be in the same place. But what we learn from our speaker is that it, it's discipline. It, it taught him rather than Hector's testimony is rather than get into gangs and rather than uh, feeling sorry for myself, it taught me discipline. It taught me strength. It got my body in shape and it taught me perseverance and it taught me temperance and it taught me a whole lot of stuff that was really good in every other part of our life. And sports can do that. Uh, you know, in the Greek sports that the Bible is discussing the New Testament, they weren't wearing a thing as they competed. And, you know, I would think that if if the outfits were of some kind of severe moral question, then uh, Paul might have said, don't look. Right. Run the race, but don't look at anybody. He didn't say that. Uh, it's context. It's maturity. And I think that's something that we need to teach better. I think that we need to encourage people to realize that God might have a different purpose for uh, different people. So it might be that boxing is good for you and not good for somebody else because of different reasons. I think the Lord has uh, very interesting ways that he uses people in different parts of life. And 
I think it takes some maturity to know that. That's a long answer to your question, but you know, I think it's really important that we always consider context. Otherwise, we, with everything that we do, context matters. Um, there are certain things where it doesn't matter what the context is. It's sin. Uh, three times, three times in my pastoral career, I had people tell me in pastoral counseling that God said it was okay for them to have an extramarital affair, that God said it was okay to commit adultery. One time one guy said, uh, I believe God's telling me I can have this affair and I want to pray about it. And I said, we're not going to pray about it. I said, we don't need to pray about it. He said, we don't. I said, no. The answer is no. You are not allowed to cheat on your wife. That is, you know, there is no context where that is okay. Uh, we don't need to pray about it. We don't need to study it. We don't need to think about it. He was very surprised by this. You know, so there, there's a place where there, it's just wrong, and it's wrong because the Bible says, thou shalt not commit adultery. Jesus says when you look at another woman lustfully and you're committing adultery with her in her heart, you know, it's not ambiguous, and it's addressed specifically. Boxing and sporting events and the attire that you would wear while you're doing sports, Bible doesn't say anything about it, negative or positive, really. It's part of life. It's something that people do. So I think that you you make sure that you have the right context for it. You care for people, and uh, you realize what else is going on. I mean, some of that, you know, might just be violence, or maybe you're doing it with um, nefarious intentions. You know, uh, well, that would be wrong. Then that's the content, the, the context. This is the Pastor Scott Show. The number is eight 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 five two eight two five five seven. We'll talk a little bit about that when we come back. When we come back, we're going to talk about social media and its power. There was uh, any a riot essentially in New York that was driven by social media, and the social media influencer he got arrested for. He was going to give away free PS5s. It's a video game to people. And he ultimately got arrested and he's being charged with starting the riot and some other things. I'm not really sure that he's going to get ultimately in legal trouble for a couple of reasons that we'll talk about. But there is an interesting side note that's coming out of the story that has to do with parenting and how much responsibility do parents have for the actions of their kids, even if they're being driven by social media or other stuff. See, context is part of it. And I'm definitely interested in what you think. And I'm learning in this. There are there are parts of this story that I have to figure out because I don't even know anything about that part of social media. And yet I've got kids who may have been consuming exactly the same social media and I wouldn't even know. And what do I do as a parent? We're going to talk about that here in a couple of minutes when we come back. This is the Pastor Scott Show. Number is 888-528-2557. You, get the, you can get our podcast at kkla.com or wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, or on Spotify. We also have our new Pastor Scott Show Twitter account. It's at Pastor Scott Show. Check it out. We'll give you the link for uh, our guest at the first part of the hour today, uh, Hector Cologne. We'll be back as the Pastor Scott Show continues. Stay tuned.